They were like, did you see what that velociraptor was wearing? Exactly. There's Karen cavewomen. I'm sure there were. Oh, snap. Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontanez, Purpose and Intuition Coach. And I'm Melissa Grushka, and I'm going to talk about you this entire episode. Bean. Yeah, Bean. It's gossip time. It's time for some gossip. Are you ready? Ooh, yes. Let's do it. Bean. Hi. Hi. I miss your face. Hi. How was your I week? Know. I miss your face, too. Um, How was my week? You know, I had a lot of alone time this week. I love that for you. Do you love yeah. that for you? Uh, I don't love that for me, as you oh. as you know about me. I but I'm learning to love it for me. I went. I so the kids were on the East Coast visiting their grandma, and mom, and their kid and their friends. Sorry, not their kids. And then um, weird. my husband and I were TJ and I were psyched to have like two weeks of solo time. Yeah. And then TJ had a family emergency, so he had to go to Tahoe, and then he had to go from there to New York for work. So I ended up. Solo from like Friday to Wednesday. Um, the bummer was that our anniversary was right there in the middle oh. of it. Oh, I know. So but that anniversary sort of celebrating your love, which is all year long. Wow, you should write homework oh. cards for a living. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've told me that before at some point in my life. Um, um, yeah. So anyway, that was well. I like your alone time for me. Then I I'm happy that yeah. you had it, and I can live vicariously because I would I would murder somebody for six days alone. Or however many days you said you were alone for, you would murder somebody, like just to what have six to be alone for six oh, days. Oh, you would kill for it. Yes, got correct. it. I understand yes. now. Slice. I like, um, Yeah. Yeah. Stab. Whatever I need to do. Here's what I realized. I really like it during the daytime, and I yeah. don't love it at nighttime. That's oh, what I've realized. That's. Funny. I didn't have enough social plans. Twice my social plans fell through, which <gasps> bummed me out. Who are and them. oh, that's my cringe moment, by the way. One of the nights I was going to go to dinner, and my lovely um, editor, collaborator on the book was going to come up and go Ooh. to dinner with me. She drove up and she found a stray dog <gasps> on the side of the highway. Stop. And no one, yep, no one was stopping to pick up this dog. And so she, of course, pulls over and is like trying to figure it out, can't. So she has to like carry this dog. It's like a lab. Yeah. Into her car and she's trying to figure out what to do. And she calls me and she's like, I, you're going to laugh, but I found this stray dog. I need to figure out what to do. I'm just going to drive around a little and try to find its owners or a neighbor who will take it. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Should I keep the reservation? Yes. And then I get ready, show up to the reservation. I'm like walking towards the restaurant. She calls. She's like, I couldn't find the owner. I'm driving (gasps) it all the way back to her mom's house who has four other dogs in a big ranch and space. So I was just standing there and I was like, well, first of all, how amazing. And she did absolutely the right thing. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. It's my dream. To find a stray dog on the uh, Me and my oldest always talk about when we're driving, we always scour like the roads. Because you always hear these stories of like puppies in a box on the side of the road or a dog who had no owner. And because we're, we're like desperate to get a second dog, but my husband doesn't want one yet. So we're like, if we find oh. one, miraculously, we'll have to take it home with us. Oh, it's like, I found this dog. What do you want me to do? Poor dog. So I drive down the road every single day, like scouring for uh, abandoned dogs. (laughs) What kind of life do I live? (laughs) I don't know, but I actually did not know that. I don't think that's cringy though. I'm so proud of her for doing it. I'm I'm grateful. No, that's not the cringy part. Oh, okay. The cringy part is I was standing on the street corner 
not sure what to do with myself. And then I was like, well, you know what? I've, I go to dinner by myself all the time. I'll yes. just go sit down by myself. Yes, and then get I it, girl. Know, something happened and <gasps> I couldn't do it. And that bummed me, me out. So that I went over and I, sorry. Yeah, I went over. I went over and was like, hi, I have to cancel the reservation. But I did it like in person, which the person was like oh, weird. You were like, I couldn't Why find my it? phone, so I just drove over here. No. <laughs> then I got nervous. So I was like, just told the whole story. I was like, my friend was coming. <laughs> she to on the side of the road. And, and like there's like a line of people behind me. And the woman's like, oh, my God, She's that's like, amazing. I, I mean, she don't was really care. Yeah. <laughs> she was sweet about it. But yeah, that was a little cringy. And then I came home and I'm watching The Bear on Hulu. <sighs> How sexy you is love he? Him? Yes. He became sexier over Correct. the season. He does not yeah. at first, but yes. And that Correct. should have been the first thing. I'm really enjoying the show as a whole. Have you, wait, are you in first or second season? No, I finished it. I So I finished it in two oh. days. The whole first and second? Correct. Wait, the second season, is it fully out? Yeah. Yeah. And oh. it's good. The second season's way better. Well, the second season didn't start off very strong. And then it, the like last two episodes were so good. The episode featuring Jamie Lee Curtis, I've never – oh, Jamie I'm not going to say Curtis. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. I – never mind. Vox. Just keep watching. We'll discuss later. Anyway, how was your week, Beanie? Uh, it was good. We just got back from Montreal. Wee oui, wee. Oui, and I oui, – oui. which actually leads me to my cringe moment. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Can I actually just say what you said when I called you? What? I called you to ask about the trip and you go, Montreal – is like Philadelphia. And I yeah. was like, oh, you were like, and it's French. Did you know it's French? I was like, yeah. You were like, I did not no. know I was going to a French Philly. Wait, no, that's not what I said. You're just making shit up right now. That's you not said, what I said that. So I didn't know I was going to, so we knew it was French, but we were under the impression that it was like France French. That's what Corey and I envisioned, like cobblestone streets and all this beautiful old architecture. And that's kind of how we pictured it, which is only old Montreal. There's like a whole city of Montreal but right. only that section is like cobblestone streets and old buildings and beautiful. But we expected the whole thing. I thought like baguettes were going to be flying out of everywhere and like <laughs> everyone would be eating croissants and wearing berets. I fully thought I've been told that it's like a small Paris. So I'm like, great. But the only thing that's similar to Paris is that everyone speaks French and everything's yeah. in French. But it's like Wait. very much like an American city in French. So I yeah, knew that it was French. French Philly. Yes, it was definitely, it was like very, very similar to Philly, in fact. I and just you meant, said, okay, you I wouldn't have paid to go to French Philly. That's 100%, all I'm trying to say. 100%. Needless to say, we had a great time. And I will say that that leads me to my cringe moment, which was I started learning. I've always wanted to learn French. So I oh, started no. doing like Duolingo for two or three months before we left. And I was like, I'm going to Good gonna job. Be I'm proud of you. Thank you. It was a great opportunity. I thought like I'll have a great chance to use it. And it's like the best experience. So we yeah. pull up to, we drove, don't ask. We drove and we're driving through uh, the border and the um, customs agent says like, what are you guys doing in, mind you, it was, we were, it was like, I don't know. We had been in the car at this point for probably eight hours. Um, yeah. We had took a break, with but we were probably in the car. So we were like, yeah, kids. with three kids and we were all like exhausted. Um and we pull up and he's like, you know, all the questions, what are you doing here? What's happening? And then he says like, what are you doing? What, why are you coming here? And I was like, cause I learned French and I want to use my French. And then the no. guy goes, and then the guy goes, Oh, what do you know in French? And I'm not kidding. I didn't like, I didn't like have to think about it. I full on froze. Like my mouth opened up a little bit and I was just dead eye contact with this dude. And I was like, 
I couldn't think of anything. The only thing that came to my, I couldn't even think of bonjour. The only thing that came to my mind was a French girl. Une fille, une fille, I'm probably saying it wrong. Une fille française. So that's all. After I stare at this guy with my mouth open for a good like two minutes with him being like, what French do you know? And me being, he, I'm like, he's going to arrest me after I like have nothing to say. I say a French girl like three minutes later. And then as we're leaving, as we're pulling away, somehow I am crying. I, as we're leaving, I'm pulling away. And somehow I remember have a good evening, which is bonsoir. So I, we're pulling away and I go, bonsoir. <laughs> wait, so all wait. I said to my dude is, a French girl, and then good evening. That's how I showcase my French. I am crying. When you said a French girl, when you said a French girl, what did he do? Not Like nothing. I mean, honestly, he was still struggling to get over the awkward, like deer in headlight silence that had occurred for a good, I don't even know Proceeded. how long. My, my kids were staring at me like ready to be impressed. And I'm like in the passenger seat, just in totally stunned. Like he asked me to start speaking like German or something. I Yiddish. I didn't know. I just was staring at him, like waiting for him to say something. It was, it was not a good experience. Wow. And I then would, I would, yeah, that's three. I, I prepped for like months. I would put my son to bed and put my headphones in and listen to French and do the quizzes. I was doing really well too. You were really preparing to go to French Philly. I will say though that <laughs> customs agents are just it's an intimidating process and you always think you're going to get arrested for some reason (laughs) and so you get nervous i get really nervous not only that i think so we were pulling up and all the lanes next to us were going way faster than us and our lane was going really slow i'm like dude is going to be so intense when we get there like there's no way this guy's not going to ask me like where i was born and all these things and he all he wanted to know was what french i knew i think the fact that you even had to have a reason besides I'm on vacation is well. They always really make you give a reason. I, they always make you say like what you're doing there. I mean, we're just visiting Montreal. I will say I saw Cirque du Soleil, and there was this one part where these two women like tied their hair together and would like hang from one another. And I kept thinking about you the whole time. I was like, Bean and I could totally hang from each other's hair. You sent me a picture and said Bean Cirque style. <laughs> they were like mid air with their like hair joined. It was really something. <laughs> You know what, Bean? Goals. Goals. Honestly, circles. Well, shall we get to the topic? Oh, sorry. More <laughs> shenanigans. No, let um, us. Let us. We were going to okay. do a real, we were talking today about gossip, um, mm. Mm, which I feel mm. like is, is a good relevant topic because we have recently discussed such celeb gossip as Jonah Hill and Lizzo. So oh. I felt like yes. this was a pretty You announced that so professionally. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, we just wanted to get into the good, the bad, the ugly, everything there is to know about gossip. My mom, I will say when I told my mother, we were doing the gossip episode, she said, don't ever text or write anything about anyone in email. Cause they will find it. I should have, oh, dug, good advice. I should have dug deeper Debbie? on that though. Like, I can't imagine my mother is always like, texting about other people and she got caught. Like what made her even say that? Good advice, Debbie. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> What has anyone gossiped about you? How does it feel? What do they say? Yeah, do you I absolutely have a lot of like clear memories of being gossiped about and the <gasps> way that it affected me, for sure. I, do you, I don't will you? Wreck them. Don't uh, you? Well, let's not talk about anything that's in my memory because my memory is not the strongest oh, yeah, and I'm going to say I don't have I have some 
Like, yeah, I don't know if I can really remember how it affected me. Yeah. I, Melissa is Dory, if you don't know that. So she will literally forget something that I guarantee in 10 minutes, I'll go back and quiz her and we'll see if she remembers. My friend Haley calls me amnesia girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're just, just keep swimming. Um, Yes, I've had a lot of gossip done about me. I mean, I think two things come to mind. First of all, um, a lot of Persian people don't assume I'm Persian. So I'm talking about strangers, not people who know me. But like if I'm out in a public setting and there's Persian people, they'll speak Farsi around me as though they think no one can understand them. What do they think your background is? I get Hispanic a lot. So people don't know, but Persians definitely don't think I'm Persian. And so they'll talk about all things. And very rarely, sometimes they'll say something about me, like either something I'm wearing, something you wouldn't say if you thought the person could hear you, right? Like when it happened to me in college, I joined the Iranian Student Foundation because my mom was like, go do something culturally relevant. And I had a friend. Yep. I had a friend, Cyrus, who took me to the first meeting with him and he was half Persian and spoke no Farsi. And I came to this meeting with him and, you know, sat there pretty quietly. I can be very shy with people I don't know. What? Very shy. I've never seen that side of you. I have to be honest. I can like go in my shell. So I I sat and I listened and I listened and come to find out that Cyrus had, you know, a reputation of being a playboy and Ohio. he was attractive and he was just my friend. But like there was some girls there that I think either wink, wink. like liked the, speaking of gossip, like talked about this a lot, talked about the girls he dated a lot. And I think assumed I was, I don't One know, some side pieces, yeah, Brazilian chick he was dating. Oh, Bra- and, you gave uh, yourself Brazilian now. I, I like know, this. I, just I like where that. you're going. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's just make it up. Stars. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they started talking about me in Farsi in the meetings. And yeah, I would yeah. just sit there quietly and they'd be like, look at this, like, <gasps> sorry, Hussy. slut that he's bringing <gasps> to this meeting. And like, you think that, like, how long you think she's going to last? And just on and on, week after week after week. <gasps> I wish I was I by never... your side in your college years because no, I would No, don't worry. I would have messed those little ladies up, man. Oh, don't worry. They got theirs. Oh, because nice. <laughs> you fast forward, this has been happening for weeks. And then um, Noruz is coming up, which is Persian New Year. And the president of the ISF is like, okay, we need two MCs for the event we're having. We need an English speaker and a fluent Farsi speaker. And my friend Cyrus is like, well, what about Maury for the Farsi speaker? And the president is like, Haha, okay, very funny. And he's like, no, seriously. And so the guy looks at me and he's like, okay. And he starts speaking to me in Farsi and I start responding in Farsi. And these girls' faces, like they looked like they wanted to melt into the furniture they were sitting on. Like you could just see them reviewing everything they had said in their heads and being like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. So uh, that has happened to me quite a few times with Persian people. Um, And then I would say the most hurtful gossip that's ever happened about me is when I worked at the last agency I was at and I had my kids while I was working there. And I also got promoted a ton while I was working there. Right. And unfortunately, it came to me from other moms basically questioning whether I was a good mom and saying things about the fact that I don't care about my kids, which is how I can get promoted so often. Oh, this is pervasive, like mom shaming bullshit. And it's on both sides of the fence. Stay at home moms get it. I mean, this is like super common uh, internal sadness from other people that they spew out on to others. 
Well, it came from envy, and I remember knowing that right away. Like, oh, there's there's right. an envy around where I am in right. my career and where they're not. Um, but it does, I think, as a mom, it made yeah. me feel like, God, how dare you judge my my love for my children? Like, there's nothing right. more, I think, Pure. just shitty as, like, yeah. judging how someone cares for their child. Yeah. I definitely think yeah. mom shit so. is, like, the lowest the lowest of the low. I mean, yeah. talking about careers and whatnot, but like when you go after like a way a woman cares for her children, it's like you better watch yourself, check yourself. Yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, that stuck with me clearly, what, 10 years later. Yeah. What about you? You can't think of anything? What's What do you think people would gossip about? That's kind of more where it was. It wasn't like, so I, I think I may have referenced one or two times on the show that I used to have very large breastises. And I have had multiple breast reductions at this point in my life, but I used to be very tiny and I had a very, very large chest. And there was always talk of me having fake boobs, of me being easy, of me being not smart, which I actually think we may have discussed at some point also yeah, on this podcast, that there was always an assumption. No, it wasn't just my five-year-old. This came like, this was no, across the board. I mean, one of the reasons yeah. I had them was because I was like, when I go to get a respectable career after college, no one's going to take me seriously with mm. with these bajungas. You know what I mean? Bajungas. With these yep. bajunga jungas. Um, so I'd say that most people, there was a, probably a ton of gossip about that. And actually, when I just said to you, I would have uh, beat some ass for you in college. I was just kind of joking, but I just did remember my actual best friend from college and multiple people had told me this after the fact, but they all thought I was a bitch freshman year until they <laughs> met me that I guess I gave off this bitchy aura yeah. and, but I, but I wasn't, I mean, unless you cross you me, you know what I mean? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. <laughs> so even my best friend, uh, from college thought before we actually became friends that I was not a very nice person. I wonder if she shared it with others, gossiped about I me. I think yeah. most of our friends gossip about us. You do? Yeah. I don't think it's always meant to be harmful, but I do think it's just a form of like social capital. It's like, did you know this? Or it's a form of also processing your own feelings about the person. I think it because this is why I really think it. We have a hard time being direct with one another. It's scary. Totally. So the way that we process what we're feeling is to go talk to another friend about it. Perhaps. And it can turn into gossip. I guess if you're just referring to friend, friend, friend gossip, but like not those women who were talking about you who no. didn't know you not celebrity gossip why don't right. can you give us like a, a definition of gossip perhaps so we can all be why? on the same page i'm so glad you asked i don't have the definition right do you right happen to me. have a definition of gossip according to webster's dictionary how convenient no seriously the definition <laughs> that we have here is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. Now, I will say we did do some research too. And there is an author that writes a little bit about gossip and the history of gossip and how it's kind of helped humanity. But he also adds that definition, information you can make a moral judgment about. Which I think is really important because I think the reason I have a hard time with gossip, although I do it. I'm human. I'm not right. going to even Everybody pretend does, like I don't. Totally. Um, but I'd say you and I are. I don't. I mean, I don't know the real. Ch- I don't really know the how it works. But I'd say we're lower on the. I agree. 
on the gossipy uh, levels. Like, I don't feel like we do maybe celeb gossiping. We talk about that. But other than that, we're not big into the like, did you hear about this one or that one? Yes, because we're talking about each other and ourselves, which is, I think, more fulfilling to me. But I think part of the challenge I have with gossip is the judgment. I I have a major problem with judgment. Agreed. And I judge judgment. I judge judgment too. Yeah. Is what I feel is like the gossip can just really start to go towards being judgmental and that makes me uncomfortable. So, but that's the definition. It's unconstrained or casual conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. I actually uh, completely associate gossip with judgment. Like I only think of it as judgment. Correct. Like I don't think anybody like that other definition. Yeah, I don't think anybody neutrally gossips about people. There's always something attached to it. I mean, myself included. Like, oh, did you see what they did there? I mean, that's because I'm judging some behavior or some decision. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you. Is like, what's missing from just thinking about it as a flat definition only is what's the intention? Why do we gossip? I don't know. Why do we gossip? Because I don't, I'm not in the business of putting others down to feel better about myself. So why do we gossip? Are you asking me? Because I'm going to ask you. Oh, well, why do you think we gossip? And then I'll tell you what I know. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. I definitely check page six one or two times a day. Um, I, but for me, rather than it being like, oh, celebrity gossip, who's doing wrong and who's doing right, it's like just kind of mind numbing for me. Like it's like mm. simple. It's not that weighted, you know, like you check CNN and the world is on fire basically. And I'm like, holy shit, I have three kids. How am I going to keep them safe here? But then I go and I read like what this one broke up with her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that's a lot safer and calmer for me. And like, whatever, I can just check out. It's almost like blindly scrolling Instagram or something like just checking celebrity gossip. It just is entertaining and is pretty neutral. But okay, so that's celebrity gossip, which I feel like is a whole other category. And I oh, agree. There's okay. What about like when you're gossiping about people you know? What's what the do you question? think is the intention? Uh, Why do we gossip about people we know? For me in particular, I will say I think most often it's a uh, it's like um, a, a release. Like I need to, sh- I have this feeling about somebody, and I need to share it. I need to say it out loud. I need to put it out there. I need to gauge somebody else's reaction and opinion to how I mm-hmm. feel to understand if how I'm perceiving this is correct or incorrect. Um, and sometimes you just need to like share. I don't. Yeah. I really don't. I, I'm. I really don't try to do a lot of malicious gossiping. It's more like they did this. What do you think that means? Or like, should I take this as? offensively as I'm taking it or show me another perspective. Like if I'm being wrong here, it's kind of almost more like a check, like a check myself kind of thing. Yeah. It's a form of processing and, or maybe venting. Correct. Yeah. I think that's generally what it is for most people. I think that you, I just think the intention is a really critical differentiator between toxic gossip and the other form of maybe more benign gossip that is about processing yourself or your or your experience or trying to um, commune with someone else about an experience. Like, do you have the same experience or do you feel the same around this person? Right. Which is kind of a so, beautiful way to interpret it, I guess. Like we're trying yeah. to align with one another emotionally. But I do think to your point about judgment, that the majority of gossip is is not benign, that it is loaded with judgment. 
Yeah, agreed. Well, I mean, let's take it all the way back. You asked me why (laughs) I think we gossip. And there's a little bit of just history to share here in case it's helpful putting it into context. But, you know, gossip, a lot of researchers and authors and historians have found that gossip has been a way that we as a society build community all Mm -hmm. the way back to our ancestors uh, in prehistoric times where the idea is that gossip is a way of um, really grasping unwritten social rules. In they a were like, did you see what that velociraptor was wearing? Exactly. No, but did you see how stupid he was for running out of the cave <laughs> What a at dummy. twilight? <laughs> at twilight when you yeah. know there's a saber-toothed tiger coming out. What a out. dummy. He deserved to get eaten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No one deserved that. No, but there might have been. You're, you're right. There's toxic cave women out there. There's Karen cave women. I'm sure there were. Oh, snap. Karen cave women. Sure. Totally. With the Karen haircut. Can Although I feel like that is Karens have really developed over time with the platforms people have been given. I wonder if there were always Karens or they just sort of developed with what we have at our fingertips at all times. What do you mean? Keyboards. Not. All, okay, Don't. sorry. Let's That's just leave it a cave, cave woman Karen. Yeah. Have Karens existed throughout time? Absolutely. <laughs> Question um, mark? That I know for sure. Anyway, so gossip really being a way to create these social groups and kind of figure out um, what's what. Like, what is safe? What is trustworthy? What do we um, need to do about this set of people who act a certain way? It's like the way that we as humans began to understand the rules of being in community with one another. And a lot of researchers believe that gossip is the way we formed communities, that we went from being family, smaller tribes to larger and larger tribes is through this spreading of language. I mean, it's beautiful or not. I think it was necessary for the survival of the species. Right. So yeah, so it has this benefit to it for sure that I think a lot of people would argue we got into a debate with our producers about whether gossip is positive. I totally remember that. Oh, no. No, no. you don't. I wasn't. I don't remember it because I was not on that call. I was yes, in Montreal. Yes, but we replayed it for you. Um, where the view was that gossip can be really positive because it helps you develop um, a sense of what you're dealing with with someone else. It helps you kind of understand. Uh, there's there's gossip that can say, stay away from that guy. He's creepy. That could keep you safe. There's a sense of really giving you an idea of the landscape. What if someone says to you, stay away from that guy, he's really creepy, but he's not really creepy and you're just gossiping and then forming an opinion. That's the danger. Oh, okay. But when it's true, where I'm it's a safety from. measure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do love that, yeah. I guess. Like you get a better idea of, especially if it's with somebody who you really trust. Like if you came up to me and said, don't go to that guy, he's super creepy. I'd be like a hundred percent. I know she's accurate. I know she's telling yes. you the truth. Yeah. Right. No, totally. So I can see I can see the benefit of it. I think it goes way beyond the benefit from my perspective, but we'll get to it. But anyway, fast forward past our prehistoric ancestors to the idea of like Did you gossip. See that T-Rex's shirt? <laughs> Just kidding. I think it's, sorry. I I'm going to come so up good. with more prehistoric gossip. Ooh, it's only involves dinosaurs. Oh, thank you. It only Ooh, involves dinosaurs. The most beautiful glass that has all these different versions of evil eyes on them. Thank you. Thank you. I have 12 of them. Oh, you know what? What? Evil eye actually, actually is a way that in 
our culture and a lot of Middle Eastern cultures, Israelis as you well, ward off the way that people send you negative energy through gossip and envy. And also so, Israelis, which my husband is. Well, there you go. So that gossip, that evil eyeglass is actually perfect for this. Well, anyway, uh, you go forward into history and you start to see around the, you know, like 17th, 18th century, this idea of gossip being a form of entertainment, particularly in Europe and in London where, oh, like Bridgerton, you know, Lady Whistledown. Yeah. Does anyone do you watch Bridgerton? Yeah, yeah, I watched the so first this season. idea of creating pamphlets and mm. creating news that had to do with real life people and the stories that are happening to them and how fascinated people were by sharing that kind of information. Yeah. Um, which of course then fast forward to Hollywood and celebrity gossip is a massive industry and a big business. And you look at sites like TMZ, um, Perez Hilton, who by <gasps> the way Perez Hilton, I forgot about that. Do you remember? He came on, came out like years later and had to apologize for how toxic his gossip was, was. and how much he like destroyed people's lives because a lot of it was conjecture. I feel like that came out when we worked together, when we first met. Yeah. That was Perez, Perez Hilton. Hilton was really hot. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd go to Perez Hilton and be like, what's going on in Hollywood these oh, days? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was and like that the only is before. Yeah. Well, that it's, was before Instagram. So right. there was not as much access to what the celebrities were doing as there is today. That was when we lived with dinosaurs, you that, and yeah, me. Right. Back in the dinosaur. <laughs> when era. I got off my brachiosaurus. Brontosaurus. Oh. <laughs> Brachiosaurus. I keep I keep dropping the dinosaur knowledge bombs on I you know. with all my names things. I'm impressed. Thank that you. is the mom of a five year old boy yeah, if I've you. ever seen one. Uh, so anyway, celebrity gossip obviously then is huge as soon as the film industry begins to yeah. take hold in the 40s, yeah. and people are fascinated by celebrity gossip. There's one really interesting view of this, which is that we really um, do this because of our tendency for hero worship. There's actually a book called Fame, What the Classics Tell Us About Our Cult of Celebrity um, by this uh, author, Tom Paine. And he talks about how celebrity gossip is like the newest manifestation of how we need to create heroes and build them up and oh, then wow. break like them parasocial. down. Parasocial. Parasocial. Yes. Like our parasocial episode. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. Or the Lizzo episode we had a couple of weeks yeah. ago where we talked about like really building up these icons because we need heroes to worship. Wow. But we also um, want to sacrifice them at the altar because it's reflective of our own internal negative beliefs about ourselves and our own shame. And so when we watch these heroes fall, there's something about them falling that feels like we so can um, suddenly be at eye level. We can suddenly feel better about ourselves because these people we've built up to this, you know, stratospheric right. place suddenly come down from on high and become uh, normal people. They're like with the mortals. And there's something we appreciate about that, which I think is the intention of gossip that's most interesting to me, is uh, that the negative talk of others is somehow about making us feel better about ourselves. Do you agree or disagree? I don't know, because like I just said, I do for, in terms of celebrity gossip, like I use it kind of as a mind numbing tool. Like I, it's not, it has nothing to do with making me feel. In fact, when these people are dragged down from their pedestal, I feel sad for them, especially because it always happens like so overnight. And well, yeah, think, of course. But celebrity gossip aside, if you think oh. about gossip in general, 
do you feel like sometimes it happened? Maybe I'm just leading the witness because I want you to say yes. You can say no. <laughs> from my from my experience with gossip, like we talk about those ladies that talked about me um, when I got promoted. Right. There was so much of saying that vitriol that was about making them feel better about where they were in their career. Totally. Because they were like, I'm a good mom and she's not. Totally. Totally. I, I said it right when you said it, 100%. I was really thinking yeah. of my own experience, I guess, applying it to myself because all I care about is myself. <laughs> and I don't feel that way. And I don't feel that way when I'm doing it. I, I really, for me, primarily use it as like a gut check kind of. Yeah. Sometimes I do it, I'm sure, just to be an asshole. But most of the time, it's it, it's really like a gut check. Well, according to Tom Paine, it has a lot to do with us liking to see heroes rise and fall. There's something to that I agree with. And then you see that going all the way back to, um, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey and Greek mythology and the way that, you know, we worshiped the gods, but oh, wow, then all of a sudden they fell and they became human. And so there's an enjoyment in that that I think is interesting. And I would just say, next time you find yourself gossiping, it would be really, really cool and a part of your own self-growth and self-actualization if you checked in and just asked, why am I doing this? And if this is about making me feel better about myself, what do I really need to address? Because the gossip is like bubble gum. It's not, it's going to, you know, you chew it. It's going to not do much for you. It doesn't satiate you. It's not going to fix the thing you're trying to ignore. But if you do get to ask, like, why do I enjoy gossiping so much? Is there a part of me that just feels better about myself when I'm judging other people or I see other people failing? Then that is a huge area for growth, I think, that you could dive into. Why are you making a face like you're Yeah, I, because I really hate to hear, I know it exists, but I do hate to hear that people really do enjoy watching the demise of others unless they're like truly disgusting people. I don't think it's like a ah evil thing. Oh, you don't? That's <laughs> no, how I... I think it's a human nature thing. I think it's we understand ourselves, unfortunately, because we haven't been taught to really look inward and value our own truth as the hero. Right. We've been taught to look external for how we identify ourselves. We've been taught to look external for what is good and valuable. And I think because we've been taught that, then it makes a lot of sense that we're going to also externalize our own pain. That rather than say, I'm feeling shame over this fact that I didn't get promoted, right. it's easier to judge someone else for how they got promoted because you're looking external rather than looking within. What about, I keep going, you keep doing like a individual personal gossip and I keep going back to celebrities. Yeah. What is it? Because I definitely am more of a celebrity gossiper than I am individual gossiper. Why are we drawn to this? Like, why am I drawn? Why do I care who broke up with who? Or why, why do I even pay attention to this? Even though it's mind numbing and like kind of, but for a lot of people, that's not even enjoyable. Like my sister would never check that. That's not appealing to her. I think it's a level of access to the untouchables. So if you go with this narrative of building up heroes, right. they all of a sudden become really untouchable. They become things that we can only aspire to in our dreams. And when we hear a little bit of salacious information about them, right. it humanizes them. It makes them more accessible to us. It makes us feel closer to them. And we get a little hit off of that. We get a little high off of that information and feeling like we have some access or some proximity to right. these people that we've built up as gods and goddesses in our minds. I think it's a proximity thing. And I do think it is a 
feeling better about yourself thing when you watch people go through hard times. And again, I don't think it's nefarious. It's like, oh, if, I don't know, J-Lo can right. go through relationship issues, then I it's okay that it I too. do. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I could see that. I don't know if that yeah. applies to me, but I could see that for a lot of people and maybe some aspect of me. Yeah. Fascinating. But why can we just not stop doing it? We're doing it all that everyone's doing it all the time. I mean, this for me is such an important question because this is what I work on with people when I'm trying to help them self-actualize, which is aligned to their truth, aligned to their highest self. Right. And I think it's that we have a very hard time going inward. We truly focus on what other people are doing more than we focus on the work we need to be doing. And it makes it easier to process ourselves. It makes it easier to understand ourselves. It makes it easier to feel better about ourselves. It's just about resisting the inward glance. The external glance is easier. It's like easier versus better. It's easier to look outside and judge other people. Um, but is it better for you? No. What's harder is to look inward and figure out What's going on with me that's making me make these choices over and over again? Or why is there such a deep well of shame that I'm experiencing over my identity or the way I show up in the world or my romantic relationships? Why? What is going on inside? And how can I like really interrogate those limiting belief systems and heal those limiting belief systems so I don't feel so bad about myself? That's harder work, but it's better for you. It's going to help you grow. That's why I think we can't stop because we haven't been taught to value the internal. We've been taught to value the external and we're going to constantly go external to understand ourselves better. So I, I, you were just mentioning your own clients and you do coach a lot of celebrities and well-known people. How do they handle and how do you coach them through hearing their own gossip about themselves, which must be incessant when you're well-known? It is not only incessant, but I've watched it be really devastating. Oh, I hate that. Of course, I'm not shocked, but that's heartbreaking. Yeah, I've watched it be so deeply dehumanizing. Which it when is. When people, yeah, who don't know you think right. they know you and they think they understand why you did what you did and all the details of what's going on in your life and what motivates you. And then they get to cast judgment on you. Right. Um, that's where the issue and, comes in. They get to cast yeah. judgment on you. Instead of have empathy for you or try to be curious about you, and I've watched clients really go into deep fear mode. Uh, I've watched them get really triggered back to their younger traumatized selves who are afraid or who are filled with shame. And this is why I think I said in the Lizzo episode we did, I still do some of this crisis management stuff for people, right? but I only do it if they're coaching with me because it's really important to me that we work through this moment in time to heal what's feeling scared and broken inside, to grow from it, to feel empowered from it, to feel um, that you can be in your truth and not be afraid of what's going to happen when you just show up honestly with vulnerability. So it's a lot of work on basically rebuilding their sense of self when they're a huge focal point of gossip. Like when there's a frenzy around right. something that happens, um, it can really be destabilizing for the person because it's like, wait a minute, 
they think that I'm this. I know that I'm th- that, but am I even that? Is that true? What is my truth? You know, you start to question yourself and it yeah. becomes really hard. <laughs> Did your chair just move up and uh, down? Uh, I put my cup down on the desk. It's a rising and lowering desk. And then it started going up and my lights turned off too. But I thought I'm I'd talking play- about being destabilized and being Melissa's face goes up <laughs> on the screen and then down on the screen and then the look of terror on your face that slowly started to rise. Uh, but anyway, that's from my experience. That's it's just it's um, deeply harmful to their sense of self. And uh, most of the time it is completely undeserved. The negative. I'm sure. Press and gossip. I'm sure. Well, um, so. I'm going to do my famous takeaway section right now. Is okay? this a famous section? No. <laughs> I'm just going to talk. I like to wrap it all up and I like to okay. like understand what I'm leaving with and what maybe the listener can leave with. If you were like fast forwarding through part of it or you didn't understand a goddamn word we were saying that I like to tie it up in a neat bow and just leave it like, here you go, buddy. Here, okay. Hold you- on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Introducing Melissa's famous takeaway. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, for my neat bow, for my neat package here, I'd like to say what I have learned through this episode because I came in hardcore, being like, "There's nothing good about gossip. It's not correct," and the producers definitely were illuminating in certain ways to show that there is a history of it, and it can sort of um, allow two people to understand how they're feeling better by communicating about a common concern or the issue comes into play when there is uh, a lot of judgment involved and thinking one is better than the other. And how do you tell, how do you, when you're coaching clients or anybody, what's your advice for anybody to not internalize gossip so much? If you hear gossip about yourself, if you, or if you can stop gossiping about other people, what's the, what's a good tip here? What's the antidote to gossip? It's that gossip is only interesting and tantalizing when people are finding things out about you. And I think that's because we aren't fully comfortable with ourselves yet. And we aren't comfortable living out loud. And we still have shame. And there's still parts of us that we hide. And that's not to say you're not supposed to have privacy. This is where I think celebrity gossip is different. Like, you know, your privacy should be respected. You're a human being. And so I honestly, that is difficult to live with. I think when you're famous and and people don't respect sure. you as a human and your privacy. But I think if we're talking day-to-day gossip, I think part of the antidote is not being so afraid to be ourselves, not being so afraid to tell our own truth constantly. Yeah. So there's nothing to really stab us with. It's like, it's not that interesting if I've already said all the salacious things about myself with confidence and in an empowered way that I've been centered around. There's not really anything to gossip about because I'm already talking about it. So I think it's live out loud. Is that a Taco Bell slogan? Who cares? Oh, all right. But live your truth in a way that, um, is unabashed. And therefore, there's not a lot to gossip about. Um, And then I think that when you hear people gossiping about you, um, it's really important to remember that if there's judgment in there, it means they're judging themselves full stop. 
Anytime you judge someone else, it means you're judging yourself and that's their own thing. And you can leave them in their hurricane. You don't got to get in that hurricane, move out of the way, let them swirl around it. And if you like gossiping about other people, like I said, just check the intention. Like, why am I enjoying this so much? And if any of it is about feeling better about you, yourself, your set of circumstances, then address that. If it's about processing your thoughts and feelings, my challenge to you is that after you do that, you go have a direct conversation with the person. That will make it not I, I was just going to add on, my little add-on was going to be, if not only live out loud, but I guess this is part of living out loud, is just more open communication. Like, I'm not going to gossip to you about how this friend hurt my feelings if I just go directly to that friend and say, hey, listen, you hurt my feelings when you did this. I'm not going to go then yes. talk about that person behind their back if I'm just clear with how I'm feeling with everybody. Yes. I think that's why you and I don't gossip about each other. Probably. I think it's because we tell each other what the <laughs> hell is up. Even if we're going to cry on the podcast over it, we're still yeah. going to talk about it. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point. If we can just have more direct communication and not be so afraid of being direct, we're not yeah. going to need the need to vent so much. Yeah. Well said. That's the takeaway, Bean. That's the tea, Bean. All right. Well, thanks for the, the tea episode. Yeah. Uh, I love you. I hope you have a really good weekend. Ditto. Love you. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. This podcast is co-hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and Melissa Gushka. Special thanks to my production team, Anushri Thekadet, Arman Kassam, and Anais Islami. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. See you then.